it's time for this week in Marvel. So pop, 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 pop. That's sparkly apple juice because we got a Kids' Choice Award. Yeah, plus Spider-Man editor Nick Lowe swings by to read letters from fans. Usually I start my Amazing Spider-Man letters pages with saying, hey, webheads, we're all trying to be Stanley. Let's be honest. We're all trying to be Stanley when you're an editor. Webheads is what I call our spider fans. Very much out. Quit, 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 quit. Hello, Marvelites! You are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 445. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Lorraine Sink. <laughs> Whoa, I like that delivery. <laughs> uh, and on This Week in Marvel, we talk about what's happening. You guessed it, This Week in Marvel, because we're talking about games and comics and movies and TV and, you know, like whatever the hell is happening with us, Lorraine. And you know what is really happening here? Ryan's hair. Ryan has not had yeah. a haircut since quarantine, and it is as life-filled, as vivacious as your mustache, I have to say. It's competing for popularity. Wow. Well, I, you know what? So uh, there's uh, this popular anime called Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> and one of the characters is, a, is named Mr. Satan, a.k.a. Hercule, and he has a big amount of hair and a mustache and so my wife is like you can't cut your hair until after halloween you have to be <gasps> mr satan for halloween she wants to be a super saiyan and she wants to put our baby dressed up as a little baby super saiyan so i'm I, th- i'm in with this for at least six more months i cannot wait <laughs> I cannot see. I don't know what's going to happen. I truly don't know. It may attain sentience, and I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Can I tell you, I'm really excited that we're all talking uh, to each other because I've missed you guys this week. I haven't gotten to talk to you that much. Also, I've been spending a lot of time watching the prequels, as in the Star Wars prequels. Are you okay? I, I am okay, but I just... Like, I'm taken back to 1999, a real year. Did you dress up for the episode one premiere? I did. <laughs> I wore my little Leia outfit. <laughs> and I couldn't Amazing. get the black wig to stay on my head because it was definitely, like, such a janky costume. <laughs> like, it wasn't, like, a fancy <laughs> wig. I just, like, put my hair up in two buns, and I was like, good enough. Here we go. I, I remember all that stuff, and seeing episode one in the theaters like six times i more more than the the prequels i remember the um re-releases oh, the yeah. special editions and how much fun it was going to see those because you know we were just on that cusp of seeing you know maybe return of the jedi in theaters but we were so little so little and being able to see them again in theaters um at that time was so much fun yeah but lorraine there's also stuff happening this week yeah. In Marvel, including some fun news, something that everybody has been super duper excited for and waiting for. And you're dancing and I'm excited. It is that Marvel Comics is to resume Wednesday releases for new comics and collections at your local comic shop starting May 27th. So the first batch of books, and there's there's going to be a whole bunch. Uh, the first batch coming on May 27th includes Amazing Spider-Man number 43, Avengers number 33, Marauders number 10, Star Wars Doctor Aphra number 1, and Venom number 25. 
five. It is really good. There's also something going on with Star Wars Dr. Aphra number one, right, Lorraine? Yeah. Well, that was the big surprise announcement for May the 4th. Uh, Number one was dropped on digital on May the 4th. So, you know, a little something special for those uh, Star Wars fans. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're going to have releases coming every Wednesday. That's the current plan after May 27th. So if you need a list of what is coming all the way through into July 8th, you can go to Marvel.com. I posted up the list. I know you did, Lorraine. It's all over. We'll make sure it's in the show notes. Um, But it's it's really, really good. Also, there are new digital comics coming uh, starting this next week. Those will be rolling out a little bit ahead. You can also check out marvel.com for more about those. You're getting your comics. Yay. It's happening. I'm very excited for all of this. But you know what? If you can't actually wait for those new comics, you can get free comics right now. What? Free? How, Lorraine? <laughs> That was so casual. That was extremely casual, Ryan. So right now, um, you know, Ryan and I talk about Marvel Unlimited all of the time. It's an awesome subscription service that gives you access to thousands and thousands and thousands of comics. But right now, you don't even need a subscription. You don't have to even put in your credit card info. You literally just have to download the Marvel Unlimited app and click on free comics. And there are a whole new batch. So if you came over and downloaded the app and read them all last month, and you're like, man, I already read all those comics. Well, guess what? Whole new batch of new ones. Uh, There's Secret Invasion 1 through 8. There's Secret Wars, the 2015 series, 1 through 9. There's the awesome Black Panther series by Ta-Nehisi Coates that happened in 2016. And those are issues 13 through 18 and 166 through 172. Which, all right, uh, because that looks confusing. The first 12, I think we made free already. Yes. And then they changed the numbering after 18 to go to the legacy numbering. So if you think of all the Black Panther comics that would have come beforehand, there were 165 through number 18. So then they just started the numbering back up with 166. But then there's there's just a whole bunch more. There's Fantastic Four Visionaries, Captain America, Winter in America. There's Venom by Donnie Cates. There's Miles Morales. There's Ms. Marvel. There's Planet Hulk. There's Captain America, Sam Wilson. There's Doctor Strange. There's Amazing Spider-Man Masterworks uh, with some of the very, very, very first Spider-Man comics ever, 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 ever. Let's take it back to 1995, everybody. Uh, so there are a ton and ton, a ton of awesome new free comics that you guys can go read right now. Just download that app and click free comics and read. Enjoy. Have fun. Oh, this is fun. Right now on um, on Marvel social media, you can vote for who wins the Marvel Battle Royale. Right now, it's basically a big bracket. And on social media, you can vote for who should win each head-to-head battle. <laughs> And so you'll be like, who do I like, Venom or Miles Morales? And then you'll vote for who you think should win. And then they keep bracketing and bracketing. It's like a madness in May. May madness. May madness. Madness. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of madness, there's some really fun stuff this May dropping to Disney Plus. Uh, so, all right. I'm going to read this thing that's coming and then... Lorraine, we have two wonderful producers who work on the show with us, Zachary and Persia. There's a line in here, and I want, I'm going to read the line when we get to it. I want to guess 
who do you think wrote this in our show notes? So Fury Files is dropping on Disney Plus. It's coming Friday, May 15th. It's coming really soon. Uh, Fury Files with these cool animated shorts that were done a little while back where they have deep dives into Marvel heroes and villains. They're all narrated by S.H.I.E.L.D. director Nick Fury. Now, the line that is written into our show notes is, quote, OMG, voiced by the guy from Pushing Daisies. Which of our wonderful producers do you think wrote that? I have no doubt in my deepest annals of my soul that it was Zachary Goldberg and not Persia, because I cannot imagine a world in which Persia says, OMG. <laughs> I don't, I think I could totally see Persia doing an OMG. But yes, I agree with you. It was probably Zachary. Zach, would you like to weigh in on this, Persia? I, I did not write that. <laughs> <gasps> it was Persia? What a surprising turn of events. Persia loves pushing daisies. Who knew? That is tremendous. Also, pushing daisies, terrific. I also want to say that I, again, I defend my choice of Zachary because pushing daisies is full of a lot of musical theater people from Broadway. And Zachary knows a lot about musical theater. He has a wonderful podcast called Childish, which is a musical that everyone should listen to. And so also... I would, I, I was wrong. <laughs> well, after those amazing revelations, I also have to tell you that the second season of Marvel's Future Avengers, all 13 episodes of which will be on Disney Plus starting May 22nd. Yeah. Ooh, hey, let's get out some apple juice now. Now's the time for apple juice. A big old swig because Marvel Studios Avengers Endgame won favorite movie at the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards 2020. How cute is that? So cute. They also had a really great video that they all recorded via video conference with Scarlett Johansson and Mark Ruffalo and Chris Evans and Jeremy Renner and Chris Hemsworth and Robert Downey Jr. Uh, to accept the award. It was really cute and funny in which uh, Chris Evans said he could do more push-ups than Chris Hemsworth. And I was like, <laughs> Pixar, it didn't happen. <laughs> um, but you can go watch it on Marvel.com. It's real cute. <laughs> Yeah. Um, speaking of Marvel Studios Avengers Endgame, Mondo, who make amazing posters and toys and tiki mugs and uh, soundtracks, they released a whole bunch of really cool stuff recently, including the soundtracks for both Marvel Studios Avengers Infinity War and Marvel Studios Avengers Endgame, the scores of which are by Alan Silvestri. You know, if you think of those movies and the amazing music. Oh, my God. So good. They're going to be on these really high quality vinyl releases with just stunningly gorgeous artwork from Matt Taylor. I think we might have had him on the show a couple months back or a year back or however long it was. But these are going to be in like box sets as three LP sets. An LP is a big long player vinyl record, like the big one. And um, you can have it as the the three LP or a six LP set. And it's going to be cool. It's got like slip cases and the scores and like really cool artwork and, and minor and notes even the and all the good stuff. Even the records themselves are cool because they have that one that is like the flip side. One side is Thanos being all creepsy and the other side is Cap Shield. They fancy. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of cool stuff from Mondo. Um, they're always putting out neat Marvel things. I think um, some people on who tuned in to see um, one of the live streams I did will have seen. I have a couple of Modoc Tiki mugs that Mondo made. So really, really cool. And if you need more, just follow them on, on social. 
I like here that in our show notes, either Persia or Zachary have written friends and family novel corner because I added a whole bunch of notes about all of the cool stuff that is happening with our uh, YA books, probably in part because I write YA books and I'm invested, but there's been some really cool stuff that's come out lately. Um, There is the new book, Shuri, written by New York Times bestselling author Nick Stone. Uh, and there is an excerpt that you can read right now for absolutely free on marvel.com. It's a middle grade book from Scholastic. You can get it wherever books are sold as well. So if you want to get it or download it, you can go do that. But it's all about Shuri, who is as we know, an awesome royal princess within Wakanda. And she's doing some cool science stuff. She's trying to protect Wakanda. It's a great book. Uh, the, the thing about the book, which I found really interesting in the blurb and in the samples that we see is like in the story, the heart-shaped herb that is so important to Black Panther, to Wakanda, they're dying and they the Wakandans can't figure it out. So Shuri is on this quest to to save her people and to save the herb, which I think is just such a cool concept and so relatable of like a young person trying to do good for their community. It's really neat. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and also I wanted to shout out Unstoppable Wasp Built on Hope uh, is written by my pal Sam Mags, who also writes some really cute Captain Marvel kids comics for IDW. That book is going to be released now on July 14th, but you can still pre-order it. So if you're interested in The Unstoppable Wasp, Nadia Van Dyne, it is indeed a very hopeful book. It's very uh, funny. And she's basically like fighting another technological sort of villain. Um, Plus she's got like a great girl squad and it's a YA book. So if you, you can read it if you're like me and you're an adult who loves YA or young people can read it too. Um, and one more uh, literary shout out. It's not a Marvel book, but uh, he's a friend of the show. Been on a number of times. He's a Marvel writer, Brad Meltzer. He has a brand new book called The Lincoln Conspiracy. And I you know, was checking it out. The idea is, is that there was a plot, a real life plot to kill President Lincoln and it failed. And one of the people who helped save Lincoln's life in this is America's first female private eye, which I was like, oh, I am super into this idea. Like it's really cool, and and Brad does a ton of work on on his historical fiction books and and nonfiction books. It should be pretty cool. Oh man, that sounds awesome! And he knows his history very well. Hey, what, hey, Ryan, Marvel's pull list. What's going on? What are you doing? What what's Tucker doing? How's your hair? Yeah, so uh, Tucker is growing a mustache. My hair is probably grown half an inch during the time we've taken to record this episode. (laughs) But on Marvel's pull list, the audio version that has gone out this week, we are talking about Wolverine, Enemy of the State, with our friend and This Week in Marvel, uh, friend of the show, Jesse Falcon. Love him. I love Jesse Falcon. Jesse was just like, right? Jesse was just like, I want to talk about Wolverine. I want to talk about this story. And... Jesse gives tons of cool insight and info into like his perspective being at Marvel for 25 years. And so it was really neat. If you have never read this story, it's Wolverine getting uh, spoilers killed and resurrected by Hydra and the hand and then being turned into a killing machine and the consequences of that. And it's it's wonderful stuff. It's by Mark Miller and John Romita Jr. It's fun. Oh, man. Also, I have to say, I'm just still on how much I love Jesse Falcon. He's also so funny. 
He's a wonderful comedian. He's been on a bunch of TV shows. He's on The Crawl Show. And he just happens to work for Marvel in toys and knows everything about toys and comic books and has some messed up horror books that he shared with me because I said I was like, oh, I like messed up terror. And so he sent me some real creepy stuff. Big fan of that guy. (laughs) Um, I was going to ask you what you've been watching and and checking out lately later in the show, but let's get into it here because, Lorraine, have you watched uh, Middle Ditch and Schwartz on Netflix? I just watched it. I was thinking about you. I know. Well, so Thomas Middle Ditch, who a lot of people know from Silicon Valley, is a wonderful improviser. He's actually part of Improvised Shakespeare Company, which my friend Blaine started in Chicago. And it's a fully improvised Shakespeare show. And he's phenomenal on it. They've had a bunch of amazing guests like Patrick Stewart and stuff has come on and performed. And he's just wonderful. And then Ben Schwartz is so wildly funny. But I was just like, oh, my God, prov. What prov? I also I went back and watched Get Ready for It. Incredible Hulk. Uh, yeah, I recently watched that as well. I dug it. And I also recently watched Marvel Studios Iron Man 2, which I didn't realize when I was watching it is 10 years old now. It's like just I hit know. its 10th anniversary, which is wild. I've had a blast. I've, I'm starting to work my way through all the MCU movies too, just watching them on Disney Plus And oh, man. It's really fun to go back and watch them because I've forgotten so much about those movies. You know, I don't watch them with the same regularity. Like I kind of get in these cadences where I'm like, oh, this movie came out and I'll watch it a bunch of times and then and they'll come out on DVD and I'll watch it a bunch of times or <laughs> DVD like those exist anymore. They'll come out <laughs> on digital <laughs> home release and I'll watch it a bunch of times. It's really fun to just go back and like rewatch those movies and be like, where was I when I watched this movie? Yeah. And at the end of Marvel Studios Iron Man 2, they play a song that was from the Stark Expo that was created for one of the Stark Expos. And it is written by Richard Sherman, who was one of the, the famous you know writing duo who wrote so many amazing songs for Walt Disney, including one of my favorite songs, which is Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow part of the Carousel of Progress, which is like my favorite ride at Walt Disney World. And it sounds like the song from the Carousel of Progress. It's like this beautiful thing that I completely either forgot or never noticed. And I had such a like a warm feeling at the end of the movie because of that. It was really great. I know. It's fun to watch those movies, too, and remember when you didn't know everything about them. Yeah. Like when you first watch it. I remember the first time that Tony kisses Pepper Potts being like, oh, my gosh, they find like, Will they, won't they? They will. (laughs) Because, I mean, for the whole first film, they never, you know, you can tell they have chemistry, but they don't have a romantic moment, really. I know. Again, always, everybody who's listening, let us know what you guys are checking out, if there's any suggestions, any cool things that are dropping right now. I mean, there's so much stuff out there. It's a good time to start catching up on fun stuff. At Agent M and at Lorraine Sink on Twitter. We always welcome your suggestions. Uh, Lorraine, we have a wonderful advertiser this week, which is Marvel MasterCard. And we've been talking about new comics coming back. We've been talking about Marvel Unlimited. And, you know, whatever you're doing nowadays, if you're ordering in, if you are, you know, buying your comics online from your local comic shop, if you are ordering from the Marvel Comics app or subscribing to Marvel Unlimited, you can get rewarded with the Marvel MasterCard. And you can learn more at marvelmastercard.com slash twim. 
Yeah, you can earn 3% cash back on dining when you use your Marvel MasterCard to order from your favorite restaurants. You can earn 1% cash back on all other purchases as well. And then with cash back paid as a statement credit, there's really not a limit on what you can earn, all with no annual fee. So Marvelites are going to love it. Uh, you get access to 25,000 digital comics and counting on the Marvel Unlimited app with a free three-month subscription. And you can choose a card from one of six designs and then just start earning. Of course, terms and conditions apply. You can visit marvelmastercard.com slash twim to learn more and apply right now. marvelmastercard.com slash twim. Lorraine, we are about to get into our community section, um, but before we do that, it's our question of the week. And I was thinking, because we have Nick Lowe on this week, who is just a wonderful sweet boy, he's also bringing some letters written into Marvel Comics and the Spidey office in particular. I want to know, question of the week, have you ever written into Marvel Comics and had your letter printed? I know a lot of people, pros in particular, when they were younger, had lots of letters they sent in, they were printed. Um, you know, you think of like someone like George R. R. Martin or Kurt Busiek or Fabian Nicieza, our friend Chris Gethard, like all these people had letters printed in Marvel Comics. I, ne I, I never did. I never did it either because I would have been so terrified if anybody read anything that I wrote. But I did recently apply for the Strange Academy. <laughs> <laughs> how's that going for you i have not been admitted they keep saying cease and desist you are an adult woman but i'm gonna keep at it <laughs> i believe in you thank you so if you have written in to marvel comics and you ever had a letter printed let us know we want to hear about that uh let us know what the issue number is what you were talking about i love that kind of stuff you can tweet your answers using hashtag this week in marvel email them to twimpodcast at marvel.com or send a message to our facebook page at facebook.com slash this week in marvel i want to take this first comment from scott factor at scott w gregson he asked and ryan this is a serious request okay can we get a whole episode of Lorraine Sink doing her Sean Carnage Connery impression? Please, Sean Carnage. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good, but I what? would do it. This is like this is like breaking the seal on a, a dangerous magical artifact. It's like <laughs> uh, like Pandora's box has been opened and the nightmare can never be unheard. What did that sound like again, Lorraine? It's me, British kitty in the city. See, this is why you don't, don't encourage me. Everyone should tell me to stop if you know what's good for you because I have no boundaries, no borders. I can do anything I put my imagination to. Yeah, you're an inspiration to everyone. <laughs> yup. <laughs> uh, we've got another one in here from Rogue Hero at Ambient Zombie Zero saying, Hello, Ryan. That was really good. Thank you on that one. Uh, he says, Wondering if you have any suggestions for must own Marvel omnibuses. Just pre ordered Uncanny X Men Volume 1 and War of the Realms. But wondering if you have any like 90s storylines that you would point to. Excelsior. So I actually answered this one on um, Twitter, but you know, we brought it in here as well uh, because I don't. I'm not super fully versed in what our omnibuses are in terms of like the full catalog. And we have a lot. So if you don't know, an omnibus is a large, like an oversized hardcover collection of Marvel comics. And when I say oversized, think of the size of a regular comic. It's a big boy. Yeah. This is like 
one and a half times bigger maybe and really nice um, paper stock and they are the collections are five to like 700 pages long they're massive imagine a cursed book from a movie that someone has to use two hands to open and that's about the size of an omnibus i want to also shout out i love my two favorite omnibuses that i have at home are the howard the duck one it's just a collection of a bunch of stuff that's amazing and the jessica jones one which is like a collection of all of her original series and it's so beautiful yeah i i unfortunately had to sell my alias omnibus like the the first printing of it a long time ago because I Aww. ran out of money and I needed to sell it. And so it's long <laughs> gone, but that's okay. Um, some suggestions that I gave to Rogue Hero were War of the Realms, because that one is like perfect, of course. Secret Invasion, if there is one. Acts of Vengeance is a really fun 90s one that has uh, some really cool stories, including one that I've talked about many times before in which um, Magneto rolls up into Captain America's book because the in Acts of Vengeance, all the villains trade the heroes to try to like mess them up. And Magneto rolls into Captain America's book and he's like, Red Skull? Nazi? No way. And he just crushes Red Skull in a ball of metal and is like, I don't care about Captain America. PC later. It's really good. Annihilation, there's Avengers, and then there's a Fantastic Four oh, yeah. by Jonathan Hickman. Those are so good. There's ones that are like creator-based. Those are all really, really good. So those are some suggestions from my end. Yeah, go check out uh, your what your uh, local comic shop has in stock because they might have some really cool ones that we didn't even think about. Yeah. Uh, and then Rogue Hero jumped in one more time and he said, by the way, I've been loving This Week in Marvel and Marvel's Pullis during the quarantine, keeping my love for Marvel high during these tough times. Wishing you and your family good health and thank you for all you do for us Marvel fans. Got to tell wow. you, listeners, um, we're, we're just talking and like for me and Lorraine, Knowing that this does something to help everybody out there means the world. So thank you for letting us do this. I know it's such a wonderful excuse for us to get to share with you guys and and to see each other's faces. And hair. And hair. Oh boy, that hair, Ryan. Well, those were our letters for this week in Marvel this week, but we have even more letters that we should get to. Um, If only we could talk to someone who had more letters how about Nick Lowe in the Spidey office? Yes, longtime Spider-Man editor Nick Lowe. I feel like we should give him a call and see if he's gotten any letters that he can share with us. Uh, uh hello? Oh, man. Hello? Oh. oh. Hey Nick, it, it's it's Lorraine and Ryan from oh. Marvel. Your friends hey guys. down the hall. Uh, they, get, back in the day. <laughs> that's amazing. Here, give me a second. The webs are gray. Spider-Man is blue and red. Okay. Oh, we caught him in the middle of work. Thank you. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> uh, Nick, it's so good to hear your voice ah. and to to have you back on This Week in Marvel. For any of our listeners who don't know you from the dozens of times you've wonderfully joined us on the show, what do you do? I am a comic book editor. I am the Spider-Man editor. So I edit Amazing Spider-Man and a bunch of other spider stuff as well as Runaways and some Garth Ennis Punisher books and all kinds of craziness. But I've been editing comic books for a long, long time because I'm old. <laughs> Untrue. <laughs> you get a lot of letters from fans and things. I guess emails now are what yeah. we call them. <laughs> um, how did letters or and or fan emails work with the comics and what you guys do? Yeah. So in the in the back of our comics, in a, a tradition that goes back, I, I mean, beyond comics, but in the comic book letters page, 
was turned into an art form by two people, and that was Stan Lee and Flo Steinberg. And back in the 60s, they turned the letters pages of comics where fans could write in letters giving their feelings, their opinions, their complaints, and then Stan and often Flo, his you know right arm, they would answer the letters and they would always make it so fun and fill it with so much personality. And that's something that we try to keep going to this day. So in the back of almost every comic we print, a, right now it's an email address and our physical address in case people want to write actual paper letters. But we print the email address and you know for us it's spideyoffice at marvel.com. And we want to hear people's thoughts on the comics that we make. But what kind of letters have you been getting recently? Have you been responding to fans and things? Yeah, we've been responding to fans. It is hard when we don't have letters pages because, you know, as of right now, like there aren't new comics coming out, but we'll get there very soon. But it is hard. So we, we do try to respond to fans and bank them up for our eventual letters pages. But, you know, right now it's a lot of letters talking about where people are finding their comic stories right now and how people are engaging with our comics and our characters differently during this time than they would during, you know, usual times. And that's been really interesting to read and really fascinating to read. We have a couple of letters that we're going to read, but normally who answers the letters? Is it you? Is it someone else on the team? Is it the writer? Yeah, it depends. I mean, I like to write my own letters pages oftentimes. But there are also times where, you know, my amazing associate editor, Kathleen Wisniewski, she will answer letters in, in various books. Uh, Devin Lewis, who is our Venom editor and his assistant editor, Danny Kazem, they will kind of tag team different times. Um, we all like to have our own bits. You know, I always loved Steve Wacker, who uh, letters pages, he was the previous Spider editor. But sometimes we do have our creative teams answered. For Runaways, uh, one of my favorite comics that I work on, we have Rainbow Rowell, our writer, and Andres Genole, our artist, and before him, Chris Anka. We would have them answer the letters because that was something that they were into. It kind of depends on, on what the creator wants to do, what kind of time they have. With Amazing Spider-Man, the editors often do it mainly because it is a beast of a book. It usually comes out twice a month, and that is an incredible grind for a writer to accomplish. And so we need them writing script, not responses of, of letters more often than not. You go finish those deadlines. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, we do have a couple of letters. Lorraine, do you want to read the first one? I would love to. All right, here we go. Our first letter. Hi there, my name is Denver, and I just wanted to thank you for all the terrific work you've done on The Amazing Spider-Man. I've always been interested in comics in general, but there's something truly special about this current run of Amazing Spider-Man. I haven't consistently read any comics for a few years, but that's changed since I started reading your book. I even subscribed to Marvel Unlimited so I could get to read all the back issues from the beginning. Most people would say the world right now is in pretty rough shape, but your team's work has made it a lot less stressful for me, and I am sure others as well. I can't thank you enough for that. Take care and be safe. Your friendly neighborhood Canadian, Denver. Okay, so one thing I should have mentioned before we started off on this, I, I have to say two things immediately. First of all, usually I start my Amazing Spider-Man letters pages with saying, hey, webheads, we're all trying to be Stanley. Let's be honest. We're all trying to be Stanley <laughs> when you're an editor and you're always trying to find some way to personalize it to the audience and make it fun. And webheads is what I call our spider fans. That's the first thing that came to mind. Secondly, I am pretty certain that our friendly neighborhood Canadian Denver is not a dinosaur. But anytime I hear Denver as a first name, I think of that great cartoon, or I don't know how great it was. I loved it when I was a kid called Denver, the last dinosaur. I always loved that theme song. Would you guys mind if I sang it? Oh, please, because it's in my head right now. Denver, the last dinosaur. 
He's my oh, yeah. friend and a whole lot more. But anyway, Denver, thank you for writing. It is so great to hear that this crazy time has had a silver lining for you of giving you the time and opportunity to dig back into comics, especially into Spider-Man comics, because let's be honest, Spider-Man is the greatest character of all time. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, sorry, you stink. Ron Swanson, you're close, but sorry, Spider-Man's better. I'm, I'm sort of jealous of you being able to embrace some of these comics for the first time, or at least get back into, into where you're going. Cause you are in for such a treat with so many of these comics. So I'm just so glad to have you back in the webhead family. And I can't wait till you catch up with where we are. You got a long way to go. We are nearing legacy issue 850. You guys. Wow. But Denver, thank you for writing. You rule. We love Canadians. Alpha flight forever. You mentioned 850 legacy issues, and that can feel daunting to a lot of newcomers Mm -hmm. or newer readers or whatever. I find you can jump into any comic at any point and and start to roll if we're doing our jobs correctly. And especially with Spider-Man, there's so many great jumping in points in the run that you're working on now and in your whole tenure. And I just wanted to make sure that anybody who's listening is like, wow, that's a lot of comics. But They can jump in at any point. Absolutely. I mean, we make it a point every single comic we put out with very rare exceptions has a recap page that'll tell you everything you need to know about the characters and everything you need to know to understand the comic you are about to read. That said, and I'm a big supporter of those, I came in at a time before recap pages. The X-Men comic that that made me a Marvel fan was part two of a crazy two-part story that there was with little explanation and I understood very little of what was going on, but I loved every second of it and I needed to know more. And I think uh, like, you know, it's always great to start at the beginning of something that said you can start anywhere and you still can enjoy it just because these characters are the best and our writers and artists are so incredible at what they do. What was the story? Uh, it was X-Men number four. 14. It was a two-part. It was right after Jim Lee left and Art T. Bear was penciling. It was about Professor Xavier's brother Hazard, who I don't think we've seen since then, if I recall. And but it was this bonkers two-part story that I had almost no understanding of. I got it. My I was in the hospital because uh, I broke my arm very badly, and my brother brought me a brown bag Aww. with that issue of X Men and an issue of X Men Classic, uh, one of the Shi'ar uh, issues with a great Art Adams cover. Part of being a comic fan at that time, when we didn't have Marvel Unlimited, when we didn't have trade paperbacks of everything, like you had to go on epic quests to try and get something. Yes. And, and I will say, now is a better time, you know, <laughs> but there was something very romantic about having to quest and piece this stuff together. I, always a challenge. Let's um, let's move on to another letter. We've got one in here. It says it begins, Dear Spidey Team. I hope this message finds you all well in the midst of this pandemic. I am saddened by the difficulties this situation has brought on everyone, and I'm sure you are no less affected. While I may not be able to get print copies of Amazing Spider-Man anytime in the near future, I am excited to pour over my collection of Nick's run and keep trying to look for little clues and come up with crazy theories on who Kindred is. He has a parenthetical in here. Gwen Stacy? Norman Osborn? That would be crazy! Howard the Duck? <laughs> oh, parenthetical. I, I thought we were, we were going to cut that last one. Uh, the letter continues I wish you all the best in this tough time I'm eager to get back to the normal swing of things sincerely Luke V Godfrey Illinois yeah that's awesome Luke V thank you so much for writing this pandemic is definitely affecting us here in New York City 
and the Marvel family. You know, we're all in full lockdown, but we are all even more so grateful to the essential workers, those who work in hospitals and paramedics and food delivery and grocery stores and the MTA, the amazing MTA people who are so affected by this. There are so many people who've gone out of their way and sacrificed so much for all of us, and we are eternally grateful. We are very interested in heroes in this line of work, and getting to see so many people be heroes is not lost on us at Marvel. Getting to your specific letter, Luke, thank you for writing. Uh, I'm so glad you're enjoying going back over this run. Like It's been about two years now that Nick Spencer, uh, along with Ryan Otley and Umberto Ramos... Kev Walker, a bunch of awesome artists have come together to do this, you know, twice monthly book. And the the best is yet to come. The Sins Rising arc that we have coming up is bonkers. It is so scary and it is so dark and gripping. People are not ready for it. It's so good. I, I'm so glad you're getting able to look back because one of the things that Nick Spencer loves to do is play with Spider-Man's history with Peter Parker's history, both during the last two years, but especially beyond that. Shall we jump into another letter? Let's do it. Hey, Spidey Office. We all know that this whole season has had some pretty rough moments, but I just want you to know that one of the bright things that has come out of this for me is a reintroduction to Spidey comics through Comixology. Spidey has always been a favorite of mine since I was introduced to him as a kid close to 30 years ago, but as life went on, I veered away from our favorite webhead's monthly shenanigans. It has been such a blast catching up and seeing some of my favorites come back into the picture. Clone Conspiracy Ben Riley, And meet some interesting new characters. My kids have gone nuts over the Spider-Verse movie when we watched it. And like many families, we were representing at Halloween. <laughs> my daughter especially has found a role model in Gwen. I can't wait to introduce them to the comics proper now. I just want to say thank you all of you over there at the Spidey office and that I hope everyone in your web is safe and sound. What you're doing is impactful and making a world that this dad can share with his kids. All the best, John. Thwip, thwip. Oh, what a great letter. That's so nice. It's so great. John, thank you so much for writing in. Uh, like, you know, these are the the kind of things that keep us going uh, as we're making this. Like you said, it's been a, a rough few months. And so we've all had to work through, you know, some adversity. And we're lucky to to, to still be working and doing this job. But we're so glad that you guys have all been enjoying this stuff. Seeing you, seeing you talk about clone conspiracy, we worked so hard on that a couple of years ago, and so glad to to see that you loved it. And I'm so glad you found your way back to Spider Man. Uh, and but I, I do have a, a bone to pick with you, John. I'm sorry to say you you uh, mispronounced uh, a, a very sp- certain word that I, I know Ryan and Lorraine would uh, you know. It's actually pronounced Spider Verse. Uh, that's the correct pronunciation of that. Uh, but, you know, uh, we're so glad your family enjoyed that movie. I love that movie. And I loved working on the books that inspired it. And it's so awesome that your daughter loves Spider-Gwen, a.k.a. Ghost Spider. She was a character that I worked very hard on with some amazing creators to put them in the in the place to create them. You know, Jason Latour, Robbie Rodriguez, Enrico Renzi, and Dan Slott had a, a big role in that as well. And seeing this character take such an amazing life thanks to the comics and the movies and all that stuff and giving families 
you know, something like this to bond over because it, 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 that movie has been almost unlike anything else I've experienced as far as a, like, you know, a spider phenomenon of, of, of one of its kind. And that's been so cool. So John, thank you for sharing that. And I, and please keep us posted with which ones, which comics you and your family are enjoying. And uh, we can probably point you at some other good ones. Cause we've had a really great, there was a great spider Gwen run. Now there's been a great ghost spider run. And when we hope you guys like where, where she is now. All right. We have one more letter. The amazing readers have sent in. So let's get right into it. It begins. Dear Spidey crew, Sigmund Freud once wrote that love and work are the cornerstones of our humanity. I write these words as we are quarantined because of COVID-19. Because of this plague, we are not able to go to work and many of us are separated from our loved ones. So what can we do that brings some normalcy into our lives? Luckily, Freud also included playfulness as a requirement for a happy life. Reading the recent issues of Amazing Spider-Man has been a godsend. The True Companions arc has been a playful way to ignore the bad news all around us. Thanks for all you do to entertain us. Enough said. Rabbi Stephen LeBeau, Marietta, Georgia. Ah, so this is one of the other uh, things that I love so much about letters pages. You have your letters page and fan mail email staples. And one of those staples is Rabbi Stephen LeBeau. Rabbi LeBeau writes in very often, and it is always as thoughtful and eloquent as this one is. He's always got some great you know, philosophy, wisdom to drop on us. He's always got some angle on Spider-Man and what we're doing in the comics that just thrills us every time we get a letter. So Rabbi LeBeau, if you're listening, and I hope you are, thank you so much for writing your letters. You are one of our favorite email addresses to see pop into our inbox. Uh, I'm so glad you're enjoying True Companions. It's one of my favorite arcs we've been working on, and it was one that kind of just took on a life of its own. Nick Spencer and Ryan Otley are working on it. And what was supposed to be a two issue arc bloomed into a three issue arc. Cause Nick had some great ideas that just happened in the writing of it. And I loved him so much. I was like, let's just do it. And, and Ryan Otley, he buckled down and made it happen. When you add a whole issue into someone's schedule, that's 20 pages. That's at least 20 work days. And so Ryan buckled down along with Cliff Rathburn on inks and Nathan Fairburn on colors. And we had some help on that last issue, some color help from D. Cuniff as well. They rocked it. And it is all about one a classic underserved quote unquote villain named Gog. Gog is this big monster that came in with Craven years and years and years and years and years ago. He was part of Eric Larson's run with one of his sinister sixes that he did back in the day. And uh, it's just such a great character. And what, what happens in this arc is so great. It ties in with some of the threads of the kingpin that we've been sewing. And it lays down some keys to some future stories as well. That second part of that story may be my favorite of Nick's run. Oh, wow. Uh, so far. Wow. It's, it's so good. So good. It's so good. So good. Uh, so thanks, Rabbi Steven. Thank you guys so much for doing this with me. I, I absolutely loved it. Thank you so much, Nick. It was so wonderful to talk to you. Thanks, Nick. Bye-bye. A uh, big thank you to Nick Lowe for sharing the letters. Uh, a reminder, if you want to send letters, you can send them to spideyoffice at marvel.com and make sure you mark them okay to print and they'll get into the comics maybe. Then you can answer our dang question of the week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, what a good week. Does, do we have to end the podcast? Uh, I mean, we could end the show. We, we could still talk. 
Um, I mean, you okay. and I are in a meeting together again real soon anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> all right, great. <laughs> this episode of This Week in Marvel was produced by Percy Verlin, Zachary Goldberg, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Magos. Our audio development manager is Brad Barton. Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. And special thanks to Nick Fury. He has an eye for justice and a patch for any problem. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. And this is Marvel. Your universe. <laughs>